0: Hey, I'm Brent Falker, and this is Walk On, a podcast to help you take your next step in your faith journey with Christ. I pledge allegiance to to the the flag flag of the United States States of America, to the the republic Republic, for which it it stands, stands, one nation, under under God, indivisible, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I am a United States citizen. Now, citizenship in the United States comes with certain rights, privileges, and benefits. And if you didn't sleep through your high school government class, you may know what some of those are. We have the right to vote, right to a fair trial, right to peacefully assemble, we have the freedom to worship as we choose. Uh, United States citizens are benefited by being able to hold certain jobs that only citizens can hold. And there's many other privileges and benefits and rights that honestly we often take for granted. Now I'm a particular type of United States citizen called a birthright citizen meaning I didn't do anything to earn my citizenship status. No applications, no tests, no processes. I was simply born on United States soil. Therefore, I'm a United States citizen. Now, I have some friends who immigrated to the U.S. from other countries and had to go through quite the process to become United States citizens. And the truth is, they probably know more about the branches of the government and the workings of uh, our country than, than I do. But citizenship, whether in the United States or any other country, provides its citizens with various benefits and rights. And that was true in the first century as well. The impact of citizenship on the Roman life was just as evident. Roman citizens had certain rights and privileges and benefits that many of those living under Roman rule did not have. The Apostle Paul, we find out in Acts, was a birthright Roman citizen. It's mentioned a few different times. And we see in Acts 25 that Paul stands trial on false charges and in a shrewd act changes the outcome of his trial by appealing to Caesar. Appealing directly for a trial before the imperial court was one of the rights of any person who was born a Roman citizen. So, Paul and his Gentile audience would have had a firm understanding of the implications around citizenship. And it's with intentionality that Paul uses this metaphor to describe followers of Jesus living in Roman cities in the first century. And we read this in letters that he's written, such as Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, which were political classifications, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes that our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, citizenship in heaven is birthright citizenship. You do nothing to earn it. You have to be born a citizen. And I think this is what Jesus was getting at when he told Nicodemus that to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You see, citizenship is about identity. And you receive so much of your identity at birth. Your birth determines your family, your name, your race, your nationality, and your citizenship. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that the kingdom of God requires a complete identity change, a rebirth, if you will. To be born again means that you're born into a new family, a new identity, a new citizenship. You have new allegiances. Paul also described it this way by, by saying that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So no matter where you live, what language you speak through Jesus, you can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Now being a citizen of heaven isn't just about the future. Isn't just about someday when I die, I'll be in heaven by and by. No, both of those passages that Paul writes, he writes in the present tense. He says, You are a fellow citizen. Your citizenship is in heaven. You see, this new identity changes how we live in the here and the now, as well as being a promise for what is to come for eternity. And I wonder if many of us don't fully grasp the impacts of this metaphor that Paul's using about citizenship. We don't grasp the impacts of our new identity, our new citizenship. So how does this play out in our lives today? Well, I think it impacts how we see ourselves. It impacts how we live our daily lives and it impacts how we see others. You see, any citizenship comes with certain rights and privileges and benefits. And so to be a citizen of heaven, one of the rights that comes with that is the right to be judged by God. Now, this may not sound like a great benefit or a great privilege to say that, yes, you have the right to be judged. But here's the truth. We have the right to be judged by God. And because of Jesus, the verdict is already rendered not guilty. And this is huge because it changes how we see ourselves. I mean, how many of us live with the shame for past mistakes How many of us feel condemned by others because we don't measure up? How many of us feel like failures because of what we haven't achieved? No, listen, you are a citizen of heaven. And because of that, God is the only one who has a right to judge you. No one else. And God is a good and fair and just judge. And the good news is that because of Jesus, any shame, guilt, or failure has been removed. There is no condemnation. And Paul writes that. He says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So as a citizen of heaven, you can now walk in freedom, knowing that your past does not dictate your future. You can be free from the opinions of others because only one person's opinion matters. And it's already been proven that you are accepted and that you are loved. Despite what you've done in your past, you have a hope and a future because of what Jesus has done for us. As a citizen of heaven, we also have the privilege to be filled by the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is not one of hierarchy, but one of intimacy the very spirit of God dwells in each of its citizens. In Romans 8, Paul writes that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And it goes on to say that that spirit will give us life. We learn in scripture that the spirit inside of us will also teach us and lead us towards the truth of God. The Holy Spirit will convict us and transform us into the people God created us to be. The Spirit will empower us to use our gifts as we live and serve as ambassadors of Christ. And the Spirit will produce inside of us fruit that will extend God's love and peace and goodness into the world. And this truth changes how we live our daily lives. Because so often we live thinking that we have to be in control and it's up to us to produce every single outcome. And that causes us to live in a position of fear and worry with a mindset of scarcity. And that leads us to be self-focused. And we view every interaction as a potential threat. But when you realize that the spirit of God is at work in you, intimately guiding you, then you can walk each day knowing that you're not alone, that you are empowered. And this opens you up to bring peace and being able to let God's love flow through you to others. It is a total different posture in interacting with the world when you realize that you have the privilege of being filled by the Holy Spirit. As a citizen of heaven, you have the benefit of being connected to a global family. You are part of a global kingdom that is transforming the world. And the bond of faith that unites each of us is greater than any cultural differences we may face. You are not alone. In a lot of countries across the globe, we're currently seeing a surge in nationalism, where people's nationality and cultural identities become the defining metric of who's in and who's out who has value and who doesn't. But for the Christian who has been born again, the bond of faith becomes our main identity. We are citizens of heaven first and foremost before we're citizens of any other nation. Our identity in Christ defines us more than our race, our nationality, or our gender. We see this reflected in Paul's letter to the Philippians. When he talks about being a citizen of heaven, there's a reason that he chose that word. The city of Philippi prided itself on being a Roman colony. There were several retired generals and ex-military who lived in the city. Roman pride ran high in Philippi. So it's interesting that as Paul writes to the church in Philippi, he uses the word citizenship to talk about their identity. Paul's reminded them that their primary allegiance is to Christ, not to Caesar, They have a different allegiance, a different identity. They are citizens of heaven before they're citizens of Rome. And the same is true today. If you are a follower of Christ, you are a citizen of heaven. Our primary allegiance is to Jesus. Our kingdom is the one that spans the globe. And your fellow citizens, your brothers and sisters in Christ may have a different skin color. They may speak a different language. They may hold different customs. But we are united through Christ. Paul points this out in Galatians by saying that there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Our main identity in Jesus creates unity that supersedes any differences we may face. And this changes how we see other people. Just because someone is different doesn't make them our enemy, In fact, because the unity of Christ, you could have more in common with another follower of Jesus who doesn't speak English than maybe your neighbor down the street. And this gives us empathy for others and helps us see global struggles in light of Christ's heart instead of national or cultural fears. I've kind of been tiptoeing the line here. So, so let me just jump in a brown skinned follower of Jesus standing on the other side of a border fence is my fellow citizen of heaven. A Syrian refugee who has placed their trust in Christ while they are displaced from their home is my fellow citizen. A Black Lives Matter protester whose faith in Christ has compelled him to speak out against injustices is my fellow citizen. The Christian with the Trump 2020 sign in their front yard is my fellow citizen. They are all my brothers and sisters in Christ because of our new identity that unifies us beyond any cultural differences we think may divide us. I'm trying to speak what I believe is the truth of Scripture. That there is more that unites us as citizens of heaven with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And that identity must supersede any identity we have below that with nationality or culture or race or family. And when we begin to live in that reality, the world will take notice and it will change things around us and it will draw people to the heart of God. So may we understand that we are citizens of heaven, that our identity isn't just about a future hope, But it changes how we see ourselves, how we live each day in freedom and hope and love. It changes how we interact with others, that the currency of the kingdom of heaven is love. So may each of its citizens spend wildly as we serve one another, forgive one another, encourage one another and love one another. Well, I hope this sparks some thoughts in you that will cause you to meditate more on this idea and how it impacts your life. What I mentioned are just a few ways that being a citizen of heaven impacts us. My question to you is, what are others? So I hope you take time to think about that, to talk about that among your friends. I wanna say thanks for listening. This episode has encouraged you to share it with other people. And may we take our identity in Christ seriously as we walk on in our faith.